For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Oh, it might be a little overcast in the Delaware Valley, but that's the weather. That's not the emotions of the football fans here in the Delaware Valley. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Joe McDonald. Here we are in Birds 365. The final four in the National Football League is set, and the Philadelphia Eagles are part of it because of the beatdown they put on the New York Giants on Saturday at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, Johnny Mac, you and I leading up to the game all week. We're certainly leaning toward the Eagles and believing the Eagles are going to win. Maybe I had a little more consternation because I didn't know if Jalen Hurts was going to be close enough to 100% or what the Eagle play calling was going to be like. By about four minutes into that game, I said, all right, this one's over. The New York Giants are not winning this football game. And, man, did the Eagles continue to pile on. Yeah, they did. You know, the mythical complete game, That's just, which doesn't exist, but that's as complete as you can get. Especially that late in the season, the divisional round of the playoffs, you're supposed to be facing some um, significant opposition. But yeah, I I kind of knew uh, that the Eagles' entire offense was going to be on the table. So any consternation I had was only about Jalen's health. I, I knew they were going to have the whole playbook, and he was healthy enough uh, to say the least. So. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Giants just don't match up with the Eagles. And and it's always about matchups in this league. And it'll be a much more difficult matchup this upcoming week. The two best teams will be on the field as they should be in the NFC for the NFC championship. Um, and, and, and we'll have some serious discussion on who should win this game as we go through the week. Um, Giants, no, not ready to compete in any way with this team. And 
um, yeah, that was a complete, complete beatdown to the point where the Giants probably wish they could invent time travel, go back, lose to Minnesota, so they wouldn't have to go through that. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I don't know if they believe that or not. But um, I did say this on my CBS show on, on Saturday night. Uh, after the Saturday night results, uh, Dougie P and the Jags hanging in with the Kansas City Chiefs, but coming up short and Patrick Mahomes uh, pulling some miracles on one leg for the Chiefs to get them back in the AFC championship game. Only the fifth consecutive year for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes yeah. going to the AFC championship game. That's pretty damn impressive. Uh, but then after the Eagle beatdown of the Giants, for me, Saturday night was a win, 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 win. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, before the season started, Super Bowl aspirations, but they weren't the favorite or anything like that. But you go 14-3, and three, oh, yeah, you, you're banging on being in at least the championship game, if not the Super Bowl. So their expectations got reset as the year went on. So they had to win. They needed to win. They won handily. The same for the Kansas City Chiefs. The four straight years in the championship game. Oh, you better believe they're banking on going to a fifth. They are. So they won. I actually thought it was a win for the Jags and the Giants. The Jaguars are the worst team in the National Football League the season before. They had the number one pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very emotional when you lose at the end of the season. And and I was, you know, joking a little bit with the time travel. But, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, the Giants exceeded just about everyone's expectations. And the only people they didn't exceed were the unrealistic ones. I right. mean, everybody thought they were in rebuild mode. And rightfully so, by the way they were acting in the offseason, all of a sudden here they come and not only make the playoffs but win a game. Overall, yeah, tremendous season for the Giants. Even more so for Jacksonville, I would argue, just because of how deep in a hole they were after the Urban Meyer fiasco um, and how down and, and out that organization was and to go – you know, win a division title, even though it's a bad division and, and, and go into the playoffs and have one of the largest comebacks in playoff history. And, and they lost to a team, you know, as you mentioned, all the consecutive uh, championship games and significant uh, favorites to go back again. And so dominant. Um, the giants weren't expected to win either. Um, but, you know, people started the, the tropes of it's difficult to win three times against a team of, oh, it's hard to play a division rival. They're always closer. So you had all those kind of tropes mixed in uh, from that standpoint. People talk themselves into things. But, yeah, both teams should be very happy with their overall seasons. No question about it. Saturday, that was the case. Yesterday, not so much. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were the preseason favorite to win the whole thing, not just the AFC, but the Super Bowl itself. And they are no longer playing after the beatdown. They took a hand to Kent, uh, Cincinnati yesterday. And the Dallas Cowboys, whose expectations are always Super Bowl or bust. Those expectations are usually unrealistic. Uh, yeah, a little bit, Cowboy fans. Sorry about that. They get beat by the Niners last night. So the Niners and the um, the Cincinnati Bengals certainly had wins yesterday on the field and compared to expectations. But there's no way you can uh, justify uh, the Bills getting beat at home. Uh, and that were... was the worst loss to me. I mean, San Francisco was a better team. 
I know how Dallas people feel, but I I thought they played well enough to win in most areas, except the quarterback, to be honest, uh, Dallas. But, you know, the quarterback laid an egg in a big spot. And, you know, the 49ers are a very good team. The Bills were in a situation where, look, they've been through a lot with Tamar Hamlin, no question about that. But you have a home game. You have a team you're facing down three offensive linemen. And they just got beat up. They got beat up. That, to me, was the worst loss of the divisional round. Now, obviously, it was the home team that was the favorite, so it kind of makes some sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Buffalo, those flaws showed up during the season. They're way too Josh Allen-centric. They they throw the ball too much. He's a little bit too reckless. I think their defense is a – a little bit overrated, especially since they lost Bond Miller. Yep. And they they've obviously had some issues at safety. Um and and the pass rush wasn't there. But you know, to go into to to a home game and the in the and the visitor is down three starting offensive linemen, boy, that's that's putting it on a tee. And they got they not only got beat, they got dominated, Jody. Yep. So they that did. was a that was a terrible performance by Buffalo. They got and and oh by the way, in a weather game, I know Cincinnati is not exactly Emerald, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they know how to deal with uh, the off weather, but nobody's supposed to be better at it than the Buffalo Bills. You got snow everywhere, and Cincinnati looked like the team that was sitting at home, uh, other than Buffalo, and they got no pressure on Joe Burrow. To, with three backup offensive linemen in yeah. there, Joe Burrow had all day to sit back and pick. Yeah, I feel bad. Play. I gave when Scott Grayson was here last week, I gave, you know, props and I gave over five sacks because Joe Burrow likes to hold on to the football. He likes to make plays. He, 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 so you have that baked in. And, and then they were down three offense. The, the, the Bills were just uh, an unbelievable poor performance from their perspective. That one's going to take a while to get over. The Giants and Jags can get over their loss pretty quickly when they take a step back. It's not going to happen for the Bills fans out there. But the Bills fans, sorry about that. The thing that matters now is the Philadelphia Eagle fans. And after the beatdown they put on the Giants on uh, Saturday, this town has to be oozing with confidence with not only the fact that the Eagles put up the regular season record that they did, a couple of Gardner Minshew losses included in there, Jalen Hurts is 15 and one in games that he one. started this year, which yeah. is off the chain good. Um, they they dispense with a rival while they were at it. I know some people wanted the Cowboys to uh, win and be able to uh, just clean sweep the division here in the postseason. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought the 49ers were going to win. That was actually even above and beyond the Eagles, my strongest play. I thought the 49ers were going to win handily. And they didn't. To Dallas's credit, they played good defense. Um, but the 49ers made the plays late in the game. That's why you want to host those games. To have the crowd behind you, and I think the crowd helped the 49ers yesterday. Uh, but that being said, yeah, the Eagles had the easier matchup. The Giants were not as big a test for them as the Cowboys were for the 49ers. Uh, the, the Eagles just have to – one of my few fears that I have as of right now six days out is – a little overconfidence because it was just too easy for the Eagles against yeah. the Giants this week. And the 49ers had to cling to that lead late in that game just to advance to this game. 
They're a well-coached team. They're a smart team. They've got great veteran leadership and a great leader on the offense in Jalen Hurts. But a little natural emotion to maybe be a little overconfident after the uh, complete domination. Well, I, I, I think maybe from the fan base's perspective, I, I don't think from the Eagles' perspective, you know, they, they've been, and I think it stems from, you know, Jalen Hurts, but not only Jalen, some of the other veteran leaders that have been here for a while, the Kelsey's, the, you know, the Lane Johnson, some Brandon Graham's, uh, Fletcher Cox's players like that, um, who, who know what it takes to go, uh, this far and, and know what it takes, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's the exact opposite. Like, you know, if you struggled with the giants, you know, then I'd say, Oh, I, I got some issues, but they just, I mean, they just completely, I, you know, I think Brian, you and I talk about this probably too much, but I think Brian Dayball lost the game with the coin toss. I think that was just where I thought he lost the game. I think the game was over. I mean, you, you need to shorten the game. This is where you and I differ. When you're the better team, always defer. Always, 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 always. When you need to shorten the game and you know you're out, man, you take that stinking football you hope you can develop a drive, you know, seven, eight minute drive. And let's be honest, that's how to, right? That's what everybody complains about with JG. You know, he's willing to give up the underneath stuff. So take the underneath stuff, get that 13 play drive, take eight minutes off the clock, get a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's seven nothing. You shorten the game and you say, oh, we're in this thing. They probably still lose, but yeah, we're in this thing. I, I literally, and it's only a little bit, I, I shouldn't say li- literally, a little bit of hyperbole. They lost that game on the coin toss in that decision. Well, and the Eagles went right down the field, dominated from there. Jalen Hurts showed off not only going five for five, but he showed he uh, was the shrink wrap was off. The zone read mechanics were back. They didn't know what to do defensively. Yeah, I mean, from from minute one, as I say, complete games are a myth. They don't exist. And I joked on Twitter, I even asked some of the fans, oh, they gave up that 39 yards to Saquon Barkley in the second half. When the game was so far over by that point, who cares? Right. Complete games don't exist. That was as close as you will ever see to a complete game in the NFL. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you at least say that uh, there should be some thought that goes into whether you uh, defer or take the ball, that the Giants would have been well advised to put some thought into it and actually say, oh, no, why didn't you give us the ball first rather than us play defense first? That's my only point is that there, there should be some thought given to the actual matchup and the two teams that are on the field and what your strengths are and the other rather than just rote. Uh, the coin goes up, we went, we, we defer. And I feel at times Eagles do that. So that's my only knock. I'll give you one spot where I will undoubtedly agree with the Philadelphia Eagles. If they play the 49, we know they're going to play the 49ers this week. And if after 60 minutes it's tied and they send the uh, captains out for the coin toss, if the Eagles win the coin toss, they absolutely have to defer. They, it was right up Nick Sirianni's alley. Win that coin toss and defer because remember, in a new yeah, NFL postseason, the rules. Yeah. overtime rules, yeah. everybody gets a possession. So just in case, you allow a touchdown on that first possession, 
you want to go second because then you know what you got to do. You get to play four downs rather than the three downs. You don't have to face that ball uh, fourth and six at the 45 yard. Do you go for it? Do yeah, you, do you, worry about you, you, you want to wipe that off the table. You know that if you get the stop, if you defer, you get the stop. Boom. All you got to do is kick a field goal. It's over. If you give up a touchdown, you know you got all four downs and you got to get a touchdown yourself. So that one is predetermined, predecided. Yeah. Any idiot well, that the doesn't problem. defer in an overtime position in the playoffs should be fired immediately. I guarantee you, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I, right. I said the same thing in Tampa last year with the game. The Eagles uh, should have taken the football. Um, at, at you know, when you're the better team, when I say when you're the better team, the problem with the Eagles this year is they're always the better team, so they should always defer. It's not rote. It's if you're the better team. They happen to always. Oh, it's be wrote, the John. Team. When, how many times have the Eagles won the coin toss and said, "Give us"? The yeah, ball? from their perspective, I'm saying from my perspective, uh, they're they've always been the better team. So I have had no issue with it this year. They've always been the better team, uh, and we'll see. Now it's the first discussion with San Francisco, but yeah, they overreacted to the overtime issues last year's playoffs. They changed the rules, so now it's more of a college-like environment where you want to know it's better to go second because yep. you want to know what you have to do um, unless you give up that massive drive and you have no time. I guess you could argue that. But, yeah, you want to know what you have to do. Um, and and so things have changed in the overreaction. Don't even get me started with the NFL. They're constant overreaction. Oh, how are you going to deal with Kansas City and Buffalo? How are you going to deal? Buffalo's not even there. Buffalo's not even there. Joe Burrow did uh, uh, dealt with him. Kansas City's always there, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing on a high ankle sprain. I don't even know how you could do that, but we're going to see. We're going to see how taped up and 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 how he can do it and move forward. Uh, such an overreaction to that rule change and over legislation constantly with this league. It bothers me. And oh, by the way, I think it's legit to talk about it because. These two teams are so evenly matched. They're different in a couple aspects. Their aspects where the 49ers are better than the Eagles. Their aspects where the Eagles are better than the 49ers. But just matching up the two rosters, damn close between these two teams. So talking about a potential overtime on Sunday afternoon is not outrageous at all. All right, you got McMullen and McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys talking about the final four of the NFL Eagles championship game bound this Sunday against the 49ers. We'll talk about the Eagles uh, matchup against the Giants, the 49ers win against the Cowboys, how we got here with our first guest. Coming up next, one of the all-time best Eagles reporters. He's doing it these days still for the 33rd team and also us here at jacobsports.com. Damo's next. Paul Damowitz joins us here on Birds 365.
My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. After a championship game lockdown appearance, yeah, Birds 365, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, joined by our buddy, Paul Domwich, who looks like he's ready to talk some championship game football. PD, how'd you enjoy your weekend? Enjoyed it a lot, Jody. Enjoyed it a lot. There might be some uh, championship game credentials on that wall, I think, Domo. <laughs> You've been to a few. You yeah. won't be honored at the link, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, Dom, I know that uh, you've seen it and uh, most of our uh, streamers have seen it. Uh, the comparison between Saturday's game and the one that was played to the day five years previously that you were at and had a, uh, a, a pass to get into and viewed with your own two eyes. Same exact score, the Giants beat down and the Minnesota Vikings uh, loss in the NFC championship game. I'll go this far this week's game was even more domination because the Eagles did it from the jump. At least in that game, the Vikings uh, gave you a fight in the first quarter. The, the Giants didn't even do that. This was a one-punch knockout on Saturday night, Damo. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought the game would be a little bit closer, but the Eagles did everything they needed to do. They, they jumped out early, like you said. Uh, you know, they were much better in the red zone than they were in that last game of the season against the Giants. Uh, they were incredible on third down. I mean, they just 
it was never a game. I mean, it was uh, just complete domination. Yeah, it's been uh, such a dominating season for the Eagles. I mean, with, with Jalen Hurts in the lineup, I mean, you know, they lost one game and they argued they beat themselves. So they'll spend it as as they're undefeated with the starting quarterback. Um, it, it almost doesn't feel like an NFC championship game for me, Damo, because once it became, you know, halfway through the season, you almost expected them to be here. And now that they're here, um, it, 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 it seems like that that is where we're supposed to be. So do you have that normal juice or do you just expect this team's that good? They should be here. What else were we expecting? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and same thing with San Francisco. I mean, you expected these two teams to, to be playing each other. Uh, they, they clearly were the two best teams in the NFC with with. Cowboys always were a wild card. They were inconsistent all season. Uh, I mean, so you, 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 you know, I mean, I always thought it would be the, at the end, the road to the Super Bowl would, uh, they'd have to beat uh, San Francisco. One of the things that I have to admit uh, after the fact that maybe I didn't give the Eagles enough credit for coming into the game, and I didn't win them by double digits, just not the massive blowout <laughs> that we witnessed. Because of Lane Johnson playing through the injury that he had, even though I sat here on uh, Birds 365, I had more confidence. I was about, we throw these percentages around. I was about 98% confident on Lane Johnson. I was only about 90% confident on Jalen Hurts. The Eagles offensive line just pushed the, uh, the Giants. The, the Eagles offensive line pushed the Giants defensive line around. Miles Sanders had massive holes to run through. When they went to uh, Boston's got down by the goal line, that was just money people handed to you with the Boston got touchdown. Game well late. How dominant was the Eagle offensive line on Saturday night, Dama? It was impressive, you know, and especially when you consider uh, the injuries. I mean, I, I don't know how Lane Johnson did what he did. I mean, you, you saw him early in the game limping. I thought, you know, I thought Driscoll was going to be in there by the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, instead, Lane Johnson plays the whole game, does not give up a sack, a pressure. Uh, <laughs> it's part it's of amazing. that run yeah. offense. Just uh, 27 times, Damo, 27 yeah. times at pass pro. Okay, Bob Thibodeau. Oh, Aziz Oshel. Nothing. Nothing with a torn groin muscle. Not one pressure. Not Obviously, not one quarterback hit. It's pretty amazing. You know, Nick yeah. has that hyperbole, and he says best right tackle in the world. He's the best right tackle in the world, and it's not particularly close. No, I'll give – and I give the coaching staff credit. Uh, you know, I've, I've criticized them at times this season for not playing more 12 and 13 personnel when when they had Driscoll out there. Well, yesterday they played, they played two or three tight ends uh, 52% of the time, I think, by my count. So, I mean, they were given lane help, uh, you know, they were, I mean, and, and I think we'll see the same thing against San Francisco uh, against that defense. I mean, you can't play, I don't think you can afford to play much 11 against them. They'll pick their spots, but I mean, they need those tight ends to, to help block, to help, uh, help the run game. So. But let uh, me ask you this, Tama, was that more about helping lane or was that more about Shane Steichen knowing he could just run the football down their throat? Because they run yeah. up, they they run for two sixty eight, and it was not only Jack Stoll, 
it was also Zach Pascal. So to me, he he played more than Quez Watkins. So yeah. to me, they yeah. came in with that game plan like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rip this team on on the ground. Do you think it was a little because they don't help their tag? Let's be honest. What Jordan was hurt, Jordan Mailata, early in the season, he was banged up with the shoulder. They didn't help him. They don't help their tackles typically no. when when they need to throw the ball. But I don't think they needed to throw the ball. I think it was a little of both. But they also knew that when they did have to throw the ball, uh, you know, they were going to be facing uh, you know Martindale's blitzes. So it, it helps to have uh, you know some extra blockers. Uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do this week. How they you know how they attack that defense because that's one. As Dallas found out, that's one really good defense. Yeah, this is a step up, as they say. No question about it. Uh, <laughs> our old buddy, D'Amico Ryans. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, he, he was such a a smart guy as a player. Um, you know, Chip, Chip Kelly would rave about him. Um, yeah. And he's turned into such a good coordinator. But, man, it helps have talent. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Um they they are loaded, the San Francisco 49ers. A little bit of a surprise. Eagles, I guess Vegas opened one and a half or two, depending where you looked. And that usually you get three points as a home team. So that says, you know, Vegas thinks San Francisco is a little bit better. You you surprised by that? No, I thought, you know, I thought it would be, I mean, no more than three, certainly. Uh, the fact that they maybe feel – you know, the 49ers coming in here as a favorite, at least as a betting favorite, that doesn't surprise me a lot. Um, but, you know, I mean, the one the one factor here, which is going to be interesting, is Brock Purdy, a, a rookie coming into, into a, a, a venue like this. Uh, I thought there was an interesting number I saw somewhere. His win-loss record in college, uh, home and away, was just night and day. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. it means. Maybe it means 10 nothing. And 13 on the road, I think 21 yeah. and four at home. But yeah, yeah, and he's, he's, played, well, he's played two road games so far only in the uh, as a starter in the NFL. So, I mean, playing in the link with this crowd is well, it's like nothing you're, you're gonna face. So, it, you know, I. I mean, the key to this game is going to be the key to every game for them. They've got to they've got to grab the lead early. I mean, you grab the lead and make San Francisco play from behind. They're a different team. I mean, they have to, you know, Kyle Shanahan has to, con, you know, think about doing things he ordinarily wouldn't. So, uh, including have Purdy throw more. So, you know, I think that's going to be a key Sunday. And the Eagle defense uh, that Brock Purdy will be facing, man, were they dominant. I, I know that offense uh, grabs attention and headlines and everything else, but the first five possessions for the Giants. Uh, out on downs, which John and I debated at the top of the show, did Brian Dayball lose the game when he decided to kick off rather than take the ball first? It could have been that early. Or it certainly was locked out after he decided to go for it on fourth down and they got sacked again. Oh, yeah, give the Eagles a short field. That's a good idea, trailing 7 nothing. Uh, over on downs, second play in the drive, a pick by Bradbury. Three and out, three and out, three and out. How do you get any better than that? First five possessions, down on downs, an interception, and three three and outs on a punt. The Eagle defense, and shame on me, at least. I'll take my own blame here. Um, they, they're not getting enough credit. Jonathan Gannon 
Uh, as good as Shane Steichen's game plan was, Jonathan Gannon's was just as good on defense. It was. Uh, let's remember, though, this week uh, they're, they're facing a team with a lot more weapons than the Giants had. Very true. Um, you know, uh, but but it was great. I mean, it, it's all you know. I mean, defensively for the Eagles, it's coming down to that pass rush. I mean, if they can, if they can do what they did this past week against the Niners offensive line and put pressure on Purdy, you know, it's a different game, but you know, where they're playing against a team with a great, you know, probably the best play action offense in the league. Uh, You know, how do they deal with that? They they can't allow the 49ers to control the ball. And and this is a team that I think has the second best time of possession average in the league, but that you don't want to get into a game like you did in that second Washington game where you can't get the ball back, uh, where, where every one of your possessions is like, we got to do something because we can't give it back to them. We'll never see it again. So, uh, you know, it, that's going to be a, a, you know, they, they, they can't let them control the ball. They've got to put a stop. They, they can't, they're not going to put a stop to that running game, but they've certainly got to slow it down. They can't allow Christian McCaffrey and, and Debo and those guys to go crazy. Yeah, I, I think, Domo, this is going to be a big tackling game. And the Eagles, you know, one of the things they didn't do very well early in the season, probably the only thing besides special teams was tackle. You know, mm-hmm. starting really week one in Detroit, they had a really bad game. They were really bad in Arizona, really bad in Houston. And then I think Houston was the last game. And then it was like second half of the season. They were pretty damn good tackling. All of a sudden, the light went off. But, man, when Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and, and, and on and on and on and, and Brandon Ayuk, these guys are yak machines. Uh, if you don't make that first tackle, you got a problem. I, I think because and, – and Kyle wants the football out of Brock Purdy's hands early, and I think that only increases – on the road at Lincoln Financial Field. So it's going to be a lot of quick stuff. And if the Eagles tackle well, I think they win the game. But if they don't, oof, it could get ugly quickly. Yeah, and you know, San Francisco's strength uh, in their passing game is between the, the hashes. Oh, yeah. Uh, that middle of the field, which the Eagles have often been uh, vulnerable uh, uh, in that area uh, this season. You know, getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson back certainly is, is helpful. But I mean, they've got to they've got to take away that part of the field from San Francisco and make Purdy throw, you know, towards the sideline, make him make longer throws. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether they can do that, I don't know. I mean, Kittle's Kittle's as good as they faced all season. Yeah. And, By the and- way, I remember when I first alerted uh, Eagles fans uh, to how good George Kittle was. I remember it because Zach Ertz was having the big year and I said, I whispered, George Kittle's the best tight end in football. I never got so much hate in my life. Never got an apology, Dama. Never got an apology. Still the best uh, tight this, this end in football. Is, this guy is so cool under pressure. Yeah, I mean, during the game or, or like, late in the game or after the game, they're, they're, he spotted the the sky camera. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah. He's having fun out there. He's smiling yeah. like. Like who's yeah. thinking about that? Uh, you know, in a in a key playoff game. Uh, but that's George. Great, yeah, he is a great, great player. He really. Yeah, is. Uh, uh, I know that he's the best balanced tight end 
but I'll take Kelsey's receiving uh, to surpass uh, yeah. the, the total packet. He is so much the best receiver that I would put him slightly ahead of George Kittle, even though Kittle's a blocker, which Kelsey never has been. But he's just – what Kelsey does offensively is unbelievable. Um, yeah, it is. Let me uh, ask you about this. You mentioned that uh, uh, Purdy was only okay yesterday. He wasn't near as good as he has been. But, man, he's got him hanging. Uh, you talk about throwing between the number between the hashes. That was all the plays he made yesterday. It seemed to me like Dallas was trying to defend it. He was threading the needle in there, taking chances, throwing into tight windows, and getting the football to McCaffrey to uh, Kittle. He made some some nervy plays yesterday for a guy who's eight games into his NFL two, career. I, I would argue too nervy. I would argue too. This is what I've been saying, Joe. Too nervous. Ain't no. Yeah, I How know. Is that too nervous. Well, I, you know, I find this ironic, Damo. This is going to go on all week because I don't believe in Brock Purdy, but I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl in the preseason. So I'm like, I'm like weighing, all right, what am I going to do here? Am I going to stick to my guns? Jody picked the Eagles to go to the preseason, but he loves Brock Purdy. And I'm like, what, 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 what I, I just don't believe in him. And I certainly don't believe in him at Lincoln Financial Field in January. These people are going to be brutal to him. I don't think he's going to know what hit him. I, I ju- And he throws those footballs over the middle of the field. And I'm like holding my breath. I don't even care who wins the game. And I'm like, oh, my God, is he doing it again? And he keeps succeeding and succeeding. You got to give him credit. But, boy, I don't trust him in this spot. I, I am, am I crazy? To not trust Brock Purdy. <laughs> you would think he's got to come down to earth at some point. Uh, but it, he, he needs help. He, he needs help from the defense to make him come down to earth. Um, you know, I mean, he, that run game he's got to, uh, you know, this isn't, he's never been in a situation since they made him the starter where he's had to carry this team. I mean, that's just not the way they're, they're built. Uh, and so you've got to, you've got to make it him have to carry more of the load. You have to put him in more third and long situations where, you know, and, and, and then you let that pass rush do the rest. I mean, two more third down sacks yesterday out of their five sacks. I mean, that pass rush is just, uh, incredible. And it's going to have to be this week too. I mean, they, if they can put pressure on him and force mistakes and they can put them, put him in a lot of third and longs, I think you can bring rock Purdy down to earth. All right. So let me see if I get this straight. Um, Brock Purdy likes to throw over the middle. Kyle Shanahan continues calling plays for him to throw it across the middle. The 49ers have guys who can go across the middle and catch the football. Well, the one way you defend that is get your corners up and press those guys coming off the line of scrimmage. How often does Jonathan Gannon do that? Not as much as his, his not as his, much as critics would like, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, By the way, I mean, Tom, what is that, that kind of adds up the question marks for me coming yeah. into the game. What what did you think tackles, you know? What did you think of, of Nick after the game going off on uh Angelo Cataldi and the flagship radio station that Jody also works for? Um <laughs> about criticizing JG. He just went. I, I was surprised. Uh, um, is that his tact in this game to go the disrespect route? Disrespect. So everybody's disrespected. 
You know, I saw our buddy Hunter Brody talking about the line. What disrespect, one and a half, two point um, for the Eagles. Everybody's about disrespect, it seems, in, in the modern NFL. Micah Parsons disrespected Jalen Hurts. This, this, that. Is that what the Eagles are doing with this Gannon stuff, Sirianni going? And I know JG hates it, but yeah. um, that that was weird that he brought it up sort of out of nowhere. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I think just like 2017, they're looking for things to yeah. You know, to that's what use, I thought. The chip on the shoulder as as you know to 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 get them motivated. I mean, I, you don't have to get motivated for an NFC Championship game, but every little bit helps. And uh, I think he's trying to fire up that defense to have him go to war for uh, Gannon on Sunday. Uh, let's face it, Damo. Eagles fans, most Eagles fans, not all, but most would rather have D'Amico Ryans as the defensive coordinator because he oh, was yeah. a popular player on a crappy defense for Philadelphia yeah. than the defensive coordinator that gave him the second-best defense. Now, granted, San Francisco's number one, but I think the Eagles were 16 yards behind him. It's pretty pretty close. I mean, 70 sacks, for God's sakes. Yeah. How <laughs> You know, the third most in history, or at least since they started counting sacks, and people yeah. want them fired. Uh, you know, pick if you're going to pick something to to to, to rip, I, I don't think it, right now it should be Jonathan Gannon. I'll tell you where the disrespect's going to come in. A guy who's going to play the disrespect card, that would be Kyle Shanahan, um, because he's going to point out that after Brock Purdy scored 35 points in his first game, and uh, 33 points in the first game and 35 in the second, 21, 37, 37, 38. Guys like John McMullen and Paul Domwich going, well, it's got to stop at some point. He's yeah. got to come back down to earth at some point. This, By the way, this miracle run can't run. Two Philadelphia media guys continuing to say that at some point that Cinderella's got to turn back into a pumpkin. That's some disrespect right there. I, by the go. way, I agree with you. He will use that. That's what I mean. The whole league's about disrespect. Why don't you just say, hey, I'm the best team. I'm going to go kick somebody's ass. I kind of like that approach, which the Eagles took against the Giants. Yeah. Um, and they were the best. They're significantly better than the Giants. This is more of an even matchup. But who you're, was, you're well, right, well, Jody. John, who was on the record from the Eagles who said, we're going to kick the Giants' ass before the game? Well, they don't. They don't say that kind of stuff publicly, but oh, okay. behind the scenes, they were pretty stinking confident they were going to kick the Giants' ass, <laughs> and they should have been. Um, yeah, but they're too smart to say that stuff uh, uh, on screen. But everybody mm -hmm. plays this disrespect game, and he's doing it with Jonathan Gannon. And Jody, by the way, is doing it uh, with the 49ers, and they'll do it with Kyle Schiff. But I guarantee you, Jody, it's early in the week, but Jody's going to pick the Eagles. And you know why I know that? Because he picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl before the season. So with all this Brock Purdy love, Jody's going to pick the Eagles. I haven't decided. <laughs> I'm wavering. I'm like, do I stick with my preseason pick? What do I do here? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm, I am concerned about Brock Purdy at Lincoln Financial Field. I don't think that's crazy. I'm concerned about veteran quarterbacks coming into Lincoln Financial Field in January. It's a very, very difficult place to play. Yeah. I mean, the quarterback that 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 I'm a little bit worried about is, you know, Jalen staying healthy if you're if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, you know, he made it through Saturday's game, but he's not 100 percent I mean, which made his performance yeah. on Saturday even more incredible. I mean, running with the ball, taking, you know, he took, I think he only ended up taking 
two or three hits, maybe two, and neither one of them was serious. But he did. But he exposed himself. He yeah. wasn't afraid to, and threw the ball well. Uh, you know, like, and, and like I said, he's nowhere close to one hundred percent. The only uh, player who might not be ready to go for the Eagles come su- Sunday is uh, Avante Maddox, who. Uh, at least I thought this week was going to get back out onto the practice field. Just judging by how the Eagles handled him from the time he got hurt, not putting him on IR, giving himself uh, roster flexibility. They chose not to, which meant to me they were hoping to get him back this week. Didn't happen. Didn't even practice. Uh, you want to take a poke and a hope as to whether Maddox is going to be good to go by uh, this upcoming Sunday against the 49ers for the championship game, Damo? Yeah, I mean, I have I have no clue where he stands physically right now. Uh, thankfully for them, I mean, Gardner Johnson has been able to play up and back, kind of double, you know, uh, moonlight as the uh, as the as the corner, as the as the slot guy. So I mean, they haven't missed Maddox as much as you would think, uh, but getting him back certainly would help. Uh, it would be a big boost to, against this team. Yeah. Um... Uh, it, it, it is important because we talked about how much San Francisco throws the football over the middle of the field. So yeah. to have, you know, Avante Maddox and CJ Gardner Johnson to be able to sort of help TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, um, that to me could really ship things in the Eagles' favor. So, yeah. you know, and it is uncertainty, but just from the timing standpoint, the Eagles didn't place him on IR, so that means they thought he would come back at some point, and we only got two more potential games. So right. it is going to be interesting to see Wednesday and Thursday if Avante can get up back on the field. I think that would be a very big boost uh, yeah. for the Eagles against this team, particularly. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, though, as you mentioned, Dama, let's talk about him. Uh, he's playing sort of that hybrid role. When the Eagles have a, a nickel corner on the field, he's playing that. Then he'll go back to safety. Reed Blankenship, they're showing tremendous trust in that kid. That's a heck of a story. We talk about Brock Purdy. Obviously, quarterbacks are going to be always high profile. Undrafted kid from Middle Tennessee State. He's out there for every snap. How big of a surprise has Reed Blankenship been, dude? <laughs> Wasn't on my radar, John. <laughs> I don't know if he. It was on yours. Uh, uh, well, that, that's a safety factory, middle middle Tennessee State. Kevin Bayard went there. And then it, he's that's who Blankenship replaced at middle Tennessee State. It's a safety factory down there, Dama. Yeah. I, I love his attitude out there, his tackling ability, his instincts. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, next year. Uh, they're obviously going to uh, find a, a – more prominent role for him in their defense, uh, even when everybody's healthy, depending on who comes back. Uh, but yeah, and, and you know, Gardner Johnson's just been getting him back. They probably, honestly, they probably aren't in the NFC Championship game if he if, if he hasn't been playing the last few weeks. And oh, by the way, on Blankenship, he got picked on that first giant possession. Uh, two of the passes they completed were against him. And then afterwards, he shut it down and didn't get beat once the entire game and made some huge tackles. So he got challenged early and then answered the challenge thereafter for the rest of the game, much like all his teammates who just beat the Giants down. Uh, I I brought this up with John earlier. Let me uh, run it by you, Damo. 
-hmm. any chance for overconfidence? Now I'm talking about behind the scenes and nobody's going to go on the record. John just rightfully said, oh, they're not stupid enough to put uh, bulletin board material out there for everybody else, but uh, certainly they're going to feel confident about their chances. Any chance for overconfidence coming into this game? I Boy, I'd be really shocked, Jody. Uh, all they have to do is look at the film, and uh, they know what they're yeah. facing. Yeah, this team's good. I think I think they were – I think, to be honest, they were overconfident against the Giants, but I think they, they could be. You can't be overconfident against this team. Um, playmakers, you know, but there's some there's some areas where you can attack San Francisco. Uh, I don't think their defensive line is as good as it typically has been in the, in the past few years when they've been on this little run. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Nick Bosa. You know, Armstead is back. Bosa is going to be defensive player of the year. That's going to be interesting to me, Damo, if if he can break Lane Johnson's sort of sack list streak. Um, that, to me, is going to be an interesting matchup. The linebackers, they have the best linebackers in the NFL. Uh, tandem. Uh, Warner and Greenlaw. Even the third kid is really good. But the corners, I think, you know, the Eagles go in every week and pretty much if you ask Nick, you know, what do you think you have the advantage? They almost always say wide receiver because they, they, they're they so good. AJ's so good. Mm-hmm. I think they do have a big advantage at, at wide receiver, even against San Francisco. Um, you see it that way? I mean, it's a place to exploit, uh, you know, San Francisco stronger probably at safety than they are at corner. Um, I don't know how they'll use those safeties with respect to, to AJ and helping out on AJ and, 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 uh, Devante. Um, you know, I, I, it was interesting this past week. I mean, when with, I don't know what went on with AJ, he was not happy at the end. Uh, you know, everybody on TV saw the, uh, discussion he was having with uh, uh, with with Nick, I think it was. Um, you know, I don't know if it was over the fact that he felt he wasn't targeted enough. I don't know if it was the fact that they he thought he was not on the field uh, enough because of the fact that they went with more twelve and thirteen personnel. I'm not sure, but uh, he's got to be a bigger factor this week. Certainly, I think you know I think he can have a good game against this, but but it all comes down to him, you know getting some time. Uh, you know, you said that line is not as good as it's been in, you know, in the past, and you're probably right, but there's, you know, Lane's got to stay, uh, you know, be able to be functional enough to, to stay in, in Bosa's face and not let him be a factor. So uh, if he does that and and and, and Jalen has time, I, you know, they certainly can do some damage in the passing game. And that's what I think the Eagles have to do to win this game because San Francisco's run defense is superior. They shut down the, the Cowboys Jets. I know Pollard got yeah. hurt, which compromised Dallas's running game for sure. Yeah. But they were the number two team against the rush all year long. Um, yeah. They can be had against a pass. That This could very well be a Jalen Hurts game. John just said Sirianni always has confidence in his wide receivers. They can win that matchup. Well, that's the matchup they're going to have to win because that's where I think San Francisco can be beat. Yeah. Although, you know, I mean, you're right about them against the rush, but they haven't faced uh, too many quarterbacks who bring the element yeah. to the offense. The Eagles the are different, man. The Eagles are yeah. different when when they have that plus one and that threat. And it's the threat more than anything else. 
I was looking at the numbers, Damo, and you probably know this, but, you know, they were like 150-ish running uh, with Jalen, healthy, almost five yards of carry. Then you had uh, the Gardner Minshew games in week 18, and they were down under 100 and under four yards of carry. Uh, That's the difference of of Jalen Hurts. And all of a sudden, he's back. The zone read mechanics are back in the offense, and you're 268. There is a big, big difference when he is on the field, just the threat of him running the football, pulling it on the backside. I, I, I want to talk about these coaches because Kyle Shanahan and Jody knows, I, I say it often enough, to me that's the best. You, you, you can argue with Andy, obviously, but to me that's the best play schemer in the NFL. He makes mistakes in game management, though, because he's bogged down in play calling. He makes a lot of mistakes. I think the best thing Nick did was to sort of take a step back and become more of a CEO coach. Um, When it comes to game management, you think the Eagles have the the advantage over the 49ers? Yeah, I mean, I always think, you know, when you've got a a head coach that's a CEO as opposed to calling offense or defense, you're in a better situation in the overall scheme of things than a – no matter how smart the guy is, and Kyle Shanahan's as smart as anybody. So, yeah, um, I do. You know, uh, X's nose-wise, you know, Kyle's going to try – I mean, they – they. what's different about their offense is they – you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a passing league, they they use the run to set up the pass. Uh, so they have to succeed with the run or it all falls apart. So we're going to find out early whether – you know, and, and that's not an easy run game to stop. I mean, Christian McCaffrey – is going to yeah. present challenges on on Sundays. You know, most of their guys are so. You know, and the Eagles have had games where they have not done a very good job against the run. So, you know, when I when I look at what you know at what Kyle's going to try and do on Sunday and what they need to stop, uh, it starts with that you know stopping their run game or at least slowing it down. And like I said earlier, putting a rookie quarterback in third and long situations. All right, so I'm going to put you to the test here, Damo, on how the Eagle offense is going to play on Sunday. For the year, regular season, the Eagles averaged 240 per game on the ground uh, through the air, 140 per game on the ground. If I tell you they're going over on one of those two, either run it for more than 140 or pass it for more than 240, which one do you think is more likely to happen? Well, like Jody was saying earlier about their defense against the run, I think, I mean, I think this could be a 300-yard type passing game for for yep. Jalen. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they're going to throw the ball. The Eagles fans are not going to be happy with that, but they're going to come out throwing the football against yeah. San Francisco. But we shall see. At Pdamo, uh, 3013.com, jacobsports.com, wbcb.com, uh, Merrill Station, um, does a tremendous job. I'll, I'll leave you with this, Damo. Um, who's going to win the football game? Who's going to go to the Super Bowl? Who's going to represent uh, the NFC? You know, the Eagles have had a nice little run here. You know, if you think about uh, uh, Super Bowl 52, it was Matt Ryan and Case Keenum. Uh, this time it's Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. 
Yeah, you can't ask for a better situation from a quarterback standpoint. Are they just going to waltz into the Super Bowl? Yeah. I'm going to go with a uh, 53-yard walk-off field goal by Jake Elliott. Whoa. Uh, I like it. it. Jake Elliott. Yeah. Talk about bringing down the house at the link. What will that sound like if that's the way that it plays? Might implode. Damo, great stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, We plan on getting you back on next week because if the Eagles win, we got a two-week lead up to the Super Bowl. You know you're going to be on at least one of those shows with us. Thanks for doing it here this morning. You bet, guys. Take care. I spell down which 33rd team, uh, jacobsports.com. Uh, only been covering Eagles for decades. Knows uh, both the history and that did, did he, he just said 53 walk off, right? Yep. Walk off field goal to win it. Could you imagine that place if they walk off? That's why that? I said Lincoln oh. Financial Field. I hope the support in the building is there because it's going to get loud, it's going to get crazy if that's what it is. And yeah. I'm glad that John McMullen made my pick for me. In case you're just tuning in, yes, John has already informed the loyal listeners yes. of Birds 365. Because I know what my you. pick is going to be. He doesn't know who's going to win the game yet, but he's already decided for me who's going to win the game. I will tell him, sorry, John, you're wrong. I hope I, I hope have you not prove me decided wrong. yet who's going to win because I think it's that close. I think it's a stone cold toss up between these two teams. I not only are they the two best prediction. teams in the NFC, they're this close. The 49ers have only won 12 straight games. And I wasn't kidding when I said earlier, I thought John McMullen and Paul Domwich were disrespecting Brock Purdy yeah. a little bit. The kid's undefeated. He hasn't lost a football game yet. That's but true. the Eagles That's uh, true. are going to have I, to deal with them on I'll Monday. I'll say this. Yes, I stand by my Jody Mack prediction. We'll see if I'm right. I, the question is, will I stand by my 49ers prediction? I don't know. Uh, you're going to have to tune in uh, the rest of the You're going to have to do a 180 on Brock Purdy. If you've got, if you've got stones enough to pick the 49ers, yeah, on, that's on why Friday, that's why I'm wavering. You have to come around on Brock Purdy. That's why because... I'm wavering. Here's where I'm torn. Here's where I'm torn. My whole philosophy with picking the 49ers was that I thought Trey Lance was going to be a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Not great, but a little bit better, and I thought that would be enough to put San Francisco over the hump and back in the Super Bowl. That was my thought. Didn't turn out that way, obviously, but Brock Purdy has been better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I have this, you know, raging debates in my my inner core. I don't believe in this kid. And and part of it is, to be honest, pedigree. But I have seen enough of the 49ers play to see, oh, you shouldn't throw that. Oh, you shouldn't throw that. Oh, you shouldn't throw that. And it's all working. It's all working. It's all working. So it's it, it's a difficult it's a difficult decision because I'm going to make Eagles fans mad for the first of, of many times this this week, no doubt. The best team in football from a talent perspective is the San Francisco 49ers, the and- best team in football. But the Eagles have the significantly significantly better quarterback. And they're also stinking talented. They might be number two to San Francisco. So it's a very close game, as you mentioned, Joe. 
and a, a quick response to one of our streamers, uh, streamers, our guy, Dominique, uh, the uh, Jaquan Jarrett. Jaquaski uh, Tart fan. Uh, fan. He said, and Jordy Mack was scared of the Giants. I absolutely was not. What the hell are you talking about? The only reservation I had coming into the Giant game this week was Jalen Hurts' shoulder, Lane Johnson's ad. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That's it. That's the only thing that I had concern of. And yeah, I didn't know if Lane was going to be able to play three plays and then be back on the sidelines. If the offensive play calling was going to be continue and protect Jalen Hurts' shoulder mode. That was the only thing I feared. I feared the Eagles, not the Giants. And this week, I will tell you right now, because it's going to sound like I feared the 49ers. I don't, from an Eagle perspective. I don't fear the 49ers. Here's what I do. I respect the 49ers. I think when you win 12 games in a row, you've earned They haven't respect. lost in three months. They haven't they're, lost they're in three undefeated months. undefeated for November, December, and January, okay? To me, that merits respect. People like to pick and choose the words they use. That's what we do every day here on Bird 365. We pick and choose our, our own words. Let me get mine on record. I respect the San Francisco 49ers. I don't fear the 49ers. The Eagles shouldn't fear anybody. The Kansas City Chiefs, they the Cincinnati Bengals, they shouldn't fear anybody. They played as good football as anybody all year long. But I have to give respect to a team that's won 12 games in a row. If you're not, then then shame on you. Then you, well, I, I've asked this question twice now about overconfidence. Uh, the Eagles, I think, do need to be a little wary of that because they had such an easy time with the Giants. They beat out the Giants as easily as they did. Yeah. I, I don't they, think that game helped them. Yeah, I don't think that game helped them. I think it's irrelevant. I think it was such a mismatch. Like people, uh, you know, I, th- I think I, I give the Eagles all the credit in the world. You don't. You don't play around it again. Like in week 18, they played around in that type of situation, and they were way too close at the end of the game, box score-wise, with the New York Giants. They just came in the playoffs and just dismantled them. So I give them credit. But I don't think you learned that much because they were so much significantly better than the Giants. I don't think you've learned that much about the team. Um from that standpoint, I kind of I've already thrown that game out of my mind. I'm like, it's it's so irrelevant to me because they're so much better than the Giants. And I go back to Pat Leonard, our buddy, and I was talking to Pat in the press box, and and he mentioned again uh last week when he was on the show, the game that mattered December eleventh, and he was the one who told us they were shook. The Giants were shook in the locker room because they were they were like, oh, my God, this team is so much better than we are. And that always stuck with me. And the Eagles sort of had that same approach behind the scenes. Like, we're, we're, we're much better than this team. And they proved it. And, and really that's did. why I kind, of, I kind of put it aside already. 
and hopefully the Eagles do just that, keep it in its proper perspective. They dominated a team they were supposed to dominate. They did. They took care of business. They did that. They were supposed what they were supposed to. They were healthy this side of uh, Vontae Maddox. Their two key guys, Lane Johnson and uh, Jalen Hurts, were perfectly fine, and they put the beat down on the Giants. They were supposed to. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. Chris Franklin's going to join us in uh, about fifteen minutes. When we come back, I'm going to take a stone cold shot at a media outlet. Well, embarrassing media outlet it just cannot even be explained to football fans you, you it, we will get a timeout in here then i'll come back and just lambaste a media outlet oh my god you should borderline think about turning in your media pass for the stupidness that they're keeping up these days all right john mcmullen jody mcdonald coming right back here on birds 365 My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Post Game Show. 
with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Macamac guys here on Birds 365 Championship Week Monday. Eagles and 49ers come Sunday at the Lincoln Financial Field to see who goes to the Super Bowl for the NFC. All right, Johnny Mac, I teased before we went to break. Me pointing out the ludicrousy of one media's outlet NFL standings. And you and I have talked about it here on the show previously. And it needs to not only be reworked into the conversation, it needs to be beaten to a pulp espn's power index are they still do they still have uh dallas and buffalo ahead of uh the eagles uh no <laughs> neither of those two the kansas City chiefs have been number one they stayed number one the philadelphia eagles have rightfully moved to number two ahead of the dallas cowboys at this time uh, the numbers are in case you want them. Uh, Chiefs are number one at 12.9. Eagles are number two at 12. The Bengals have moved up to number three at 11.2. In fourth is the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> at 10.2. Fifth is the Buffalo Bills who fell from second down to fifth when they got their rear ends handed to them at home by the Cincinnati Bengals. At least they got that much right. Sixth. At a 7.9 is the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I, I may have misinterpreted this, John. Sometimes my vision isn't great. Did I not see the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys yesterday? Did that not happen on my yeah, television? Yeah. Or did I just misread the score at the end? Was it actually Dallas who scored more points? And are we talking out our ass here about a 49er Eagle matchup because it's actually Eagles-Cowboys? Yeah, I don't... Uh... I, I can honestly say um, I have never looked at uh, ESPN's Power Football Index, whatever it is. Uh, power Ranking this, Index. Power Ranking. To this day, I've never looked at it. I hear it from other people. Um, I will probably never look at it. Um, I, I, I don't know. They're ESPN. I, they're, they're supposed to be the leader in sports. Yeah. How do you put this out there as information after the one team beats the other team? It just happened 18 hours ago. It isn't yeah. like, oh, well, it was three months ago. I mean, ago. I'm, kind of I'm, forgot. I'm, I'm, it was I'm, 18 freaking hours ago. I'm, I'm open to analytics more than most people my age. Um, and I do think there's, you know, in a sport where it's, you know, one game versus one game, it's not a series. Uh, there are many upsets, and sometimes the best team doesn't win. I'm open to all that uh, uh, being reality and truth. Um, but for this, because Eagles fans have been so upset about this all year, basically, I've heard about it so much. You know, at that point, I'm like, I try to talk them off the ledge. I'm like, who cares? It doesn't matter, number one. You're in the championship game. The 49ers are in the championship game. Much of that, if you ask me, what does it have to do with? 
we talk about disrespect, it has to do with Brock Purdy, I assume. Just like me and Damo are disrespecting Brock Purdy. You, you're, um, you're in line with the ESPN Power Index. Yeah. Well, I don't believe in the quarterback, but I believe in the team. I believe I'm I'm also one of those people that don't pick winners on the quarterback. And and there's many times I talked about the Eagles and and their two sort of runs, the recent runs to the Super Bowl. Look, look at the quarterbacks they faced. I just mentioned it to Damo. It, it there are it's easier. I always talk about margin of error. Like when you have Patrick Mahomes at a hundred percent, which he's not going to be uh, moving forward. When you have Patrick Mahomes at a hundred percent, you have a larger margin of error than everybody else. That to me is what great quarterback play is about. Not that oh Patrick Mahomes is going to beat Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow is going to beat Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts is going to beat Brock Purdy if it were quarterback versus quarterback for the Eagles what well, well, we could we could wrap it up right now we don't have to do shows we we could take the week off because the Eagles are winning I don't know if they are uh you know San Francisco's got a lot of other good players that have that are going to have something to say about it but if it's just quarterback versus quarterback it would be easy it's not, uh, but I imagine, and I don't even know because I don't know how ESPN does this nonsense, but I imagine it has to do with the quarterback. Here's what I know. It's an embarrassment, ESPN. You should be embarrassed. If you're going to continue to call yourself the leader in sports, you got to take this down. You can't continue <laughs> to put it up there and upgrade it uh, after games are over and done with because the games are basically irrelevant. Because the 49ers beat the Cowboys yesterday, yet you have the Cowboys still ranked ahead of the 49ers. How can that possibly be? In what sports world does that make any sense? Well, where it doesn't make sense is the 49ers have a better team than the Cowboys. That's where it doesn't make sense. Not to according me. to the ESPN Power Index. Well, and that's why I said because there are many upsets in the NFL. And as I just said, just like the tournament in college basketball when you have upsets. When you have a one-and-done format, often the better team loses. My issue with this is San Francisco is clearly the better team. Um, It's not about, oh, uh, the better team got upset. You know, you can make an argument that Buffalo is better than Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati whooped their asses on on one Sunday in January. Um, but you can make an argument that Buffalo is better. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. I talked about Von Miller, the safeties. Uh, they've done a lot of things wrong. But you can make that argument, and I'm not going to kill you for it, even though Cincinnati just soundly beat them. There, are, there's a, This is not even close. That In any aspect, you can't look at those two teams and say, oh, that's, you know, and, and by the way, I'm a person who thinks, you know, Dallas would keep that game close, and they did, and ultimately lose it, and that's how it shook out. Dallas is a talented team. They've been very inconsistent. I think the quarterbacks had a bad year. Uh, I think he played really poorly uh, in that particular game. Um, yeah, I don't see how you do that. I don't, but but at, at the end it, at the end of the day, Opinions are like, you know what, Jody? You got them. I got them. Everybody's got them. If you don't like it, turn to the next one because everybody else does it too. Right. Here's my opinion. I'm not sure 
whether it's obnoxiousness or stupidity that they put these rankings up there. It's one of the two. I just haven't decided which one it is. We're so much smarter than you that even <laughs> though evidence right in front of our face tells us we're wrong, we're sticking to our analytical guns. And well, that 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 might that that, the, stop that it. might that might defend analytics. In fact, that's what so many people have problem accepting analytics because so many people that subscribe and 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 worship at the altar of analytics act like that saying no this is the way this is the way this is the way and they don't you know look at other avenues and that's one of the reasons you get in trouble but from an analytics see that's my problem from an analytics standpoint it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense um you know i thought you know for a brief moment for a brief brief moment uh, uh, and Pro Football Focus uh, put the 49ers on top of the Eagles as the number one team. And I thought, you know, Eagles fans would lose their mind over that, but nobody made a big deal out of it. Um, it it's all the same. Who cares? They're going to play each other. That's the beauty of it. Right. So you're going to get to see what here's, happens. Here's the funny thing. The Cowboys and the 49ers played each other, John. And the 49ers lost. Uh, 49ers won. And yet ESPN's analytics says the Cowboys are still a more highly ranked team. It's embarrassing ESPN. I got a lot of friends at ESPN. I started my career in this business working in Bristol, Connecticut. Went back, did ESPN radio as well. Did ESPN local radio as well. So I got a lot of ESPN ties. I got a lot of friends that work there, still work there embarrassing espn yeah but here's the thing cold embarrassing here's where i'm going to differ from you jody you know how many people work at espn like 99.9 of those people that work at espn have nothing to do with the espn power football index and 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 certainly if they they put it on their website i'm going to hold them responsible well here's why because i constantly hear here on, on Jacob Sports, one of our hosts will say something they don't like, and they'll say, oh, Jacob Sports, everybody, and they lump us all together. That 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 That's not how it works. You see me and Jody argue all the time on our particular show. We don't agree. Why do you think we agree with everybody else? I, I, I can't stand as a media person when somebody says, oh, you're under that umbrella, and somebody else says something, and they attach me to that. No, that's their opinion. That's their opinion. I if, if if I worked at ESPN, I would I would say, hey, the I would still tell you the football power index is full of you know what. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna the, the only part we differ, Jody. I'm not gonna put everybody in ESPN under the ESPN football power on index umbrella. Well, I'm not. I'm I'm doing an ESPN statement, not any individual who works for ESPN. This is an all-encompassing ESPN station as just an entity. It's embarrassing. I'm not saying Kevin Nagandi should be embarrassed. Kevin Nagandi's got his own opinions. He should be held accountable. Scott Van Pelt. Pick whichever individual you want. That's they have their own. They present their own. ESPN is a company is embarrassing itself by continuing to put this out. That's the only thing I'm saying. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac. 
Coming back, we got CF, Chris Franklin, our bud who does Mondays with us, has all week long done a great job. I expect him to do the same here with us. He's next here on Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Championship Week Monday with your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. McDonald McMullen joined by, there he is, Chris Franklin, looking good and ready to rock on Championship Week. Franklin, what was the highlight of Saturday's beatdown of the New York Giants for you? 
I don't know. It could have been the fireworks that were going off pregame from the one of the parking lots. It could have been, I don't know, the double bird that Eli Manning got. Yeah, that thing, was but... probably the most, the, the funnest part. Uh, <laughs> Eli was a good sport, too. And how about Peyton's kid to want an Eagles jersey just to pimp his uncle? How good was that? I'm liking the the little dynamic that's developing between them two. I know we're going to have like a third generation of Mannings. Might as well start seeing some of the characters now and see what they bring. So I I like that kid already. Yeah, we're going to see, uh, what's his name, (laughs) Cooper's son this week, uh, this year, coming up in Texas. He's supposed to be the real deal. Yeah, Arch. Arch. Yeah, Arch. I think he should be all right. I think he's, he's already like, making more money at Texas than he's going to make as a rookie in the NFL. But uh, oh, yeah, he's going to be a super senior all of a sudden. You know, I could use another year of eligibility. Oh, uh, you know, my exactly. knee's uh, achy right now, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready, to, <laughs> not ready to go to the NFL and take a pay cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some point, sometime, somebody's going to say that. I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't there a guy who's like eight years, like eight, eight years in now? I think he's like a 10 yeah, year old. Yeah, the guy who just uh, transferred to Notre Dame. He's been playing since the 1940s. Uh, to yeah. <laughs> when I ran the straight team, it was all right Rattler, there. Spencer Rattler's going back, right? Yeah, Spencer Rattler's going yeah, back. He, yeah, he, he was yeah. supposed to come out four years ago, but somehow yeah. he still got college eligibility. Yeah, he was supposed yeah. to be the number one pick seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number one overall pick, yeah. He might be. He might be. South Carolina's. Uh, I might be a little biased because I know one of my friends is a uh, his son plays there. But and they they've been going up. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like in the top ten next year. They they, they have a good team. Have We've team. been saying that for three years. With it's going to happen. Third, <laughs> years, With the third pick in the draft, the Forty yeah. ers take twenty uh, seven year old Spencer Rattler. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't. I don't think he's going to be in the top ten. <laughs> It, it, oh, it is going to happen, but two. let's talk about the, the divisional round. First, we'll, we'll start at home. Um, surprised how – I guess you have to be surprised a little bit about how dominant the Eagles were. I thought they were going to win the game pretty easily, but that's as complete a game as you can play in the NFL. Is, is there any nitpicking you can do about that game? I guess the only nitpicking you really do is like wishing they would score a little bit more toward the second half. Like they got, they started doldrums, but this we've seen this all year with the team. We expect it when they get up big, they just run a clock. They, they run a, It's like an extended four minute drive they have. And it starts when right, they come out to the locker room at halftime. That's the only thing I could really go at them for it. But looking at the way they came out, they didn't show any signs of rust. They came out, they looked effective on offense. You saw, like, the first 15 plays, it established, like, the identity of that game. It kind of helped that uh, Brian Dable gave him that fourth down. But overall, I mean, it, it's tough to find something. I think they played a really – they played one of their best games of the season, a really complete game. Oh, I'll give you a nitpick if you want one, and feel free to say, shut up, Jody. Um, <laughs> Jake Elliott isn't getting the ball into the end zone, and the Giants ran it out past the 30 a couple of times. Now – that's not a terrible thing because it keeps coming after scores. The Eagles kept getting touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So they kicked off a lot, and Jake didn't quite get touchbacks. But the Giants did take it out over the 30 a handful of times during that game. Could that be an issue, Chris Franklin? No. <laughs> I don't think you yeah, so much. I didn't, I didn't think only... so. That's why I said nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing I thought was interesting uh, when you look at the Kyron Johnson aspect of it you know he was out he's one he was one of the main guys that's been out there for special teams they've used else a little bit more i thought maybe they were going to use anthony harris in that role a little bit but yeah like they were just trying to give him a game check but game hey check, you're yeah. all in it yeah, yeah you're all in it check. congrats yeah you're out 
Thanks. <laughs> I, I I like that. A lot of in it, but the, the Giants have been doing that as well. They elevate guys to get them a game check and say they've been doing, you know, hard work on the practice squad. I, I like that. The Eagles did that for Anthony Harris. But I gotta tell you, man, they like Reed Blankenship. Um I I now I think Reed has obviously played better than we all expected, but this would be a nice week to get Avante Maddox back. It really would. I mean, all San Francisco does is throw the football over the middle of the field. Um, and they have guys like Ayuk and, and Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Kittle that can break tackles and get yards after catch. Boy, it'd be nice to have Avante Maddox and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the middle of the field for this particular team. Yeah, it is. Sorry, on my mouth. I'm looking, thinking, like, you know what? The way they look, the Giants were trying to do that early on, trying to attack wherever he was, and then he's got up to his cause. But yeah, when you yeah. look at that receiving core, it's not as good as the, the 49ers, obviously. When you look, I look at the intermediate games being how the Eagles defense wins or loses that game. There's going to be a lot of crossing routes that goes around there. They're going to try to use confusion. They're going to try to use, you see, Kittle going across the middle there. And it would help to have Avante Max because not only can he get you a good jam or, or or within that first five yards, cover them very well. I like the fact of having Chauncey Gardner Johnson being able to roll up in case you had Kittle trying to go in the middle of the field, or Ayuk, one of those guys, even Debo Samuel, one of those guys going in the middle, having him matched up against that. So I think it's going to be key. I, I, you know, he's he looked a little bit like he seemed like, and this is really little, looking small, but when he was jogging off the field at the end of the game, just saying how you doing, like when they were saying hi, he's jogging off the field. He looked all right. And that's way deep, too deep in the weeds in that. But if he's able to go, that's a huge boost in, the, in their chances to win that game on Sunday. All right. Uh, trying to project a little bit. Head to Sunday. Um, Eagles offense against the 49ers defense. They were number two in the NFL this year in yards per game. They're just a very difficult team to run on. You saw it yesterday with the Cowboys. And I know Pollard going out handicapped them. So you do have to pack that in. But the Cowboys didn't run it worth a damn yesterday. And most teams this year against the 49ers have not been able to do that. But they can be had in the pass. Jalen Hurts up for a 300-yard game against San Francisco this week? You know, so many times we talk about the team run, 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 run. They need to establish a run. I think it's the time. This is the week you let it air out. I think the Eagles have the weapons that are necessary to attack that deep. Seven, this is Javarius Ward. He does a decent job. Uh, for for what he is and, and on the cornerback on the edge right there. But when you look at the receiving court that these Eagles have on the outside, I think that can be a really, really – that can really tip the scales of balance on offensively when they do that. And to do that, do they say, that hey, you throw 45 times against the team? No, because you don't want to expose Hurts to being hit over and over again because you, you figure he's going to get a couple runs or scrambles with it there as well too. So I think this is the game you let it go. And watch out for Dallas Goddard. You're pretty sure that, you know, everybody, all the talk's going to be about Kittle. You know, God is going to want to say, you know what, I'm, I'm among the best tight ends as well, too, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the mix and, and has an impact in this game. Did you make anything about A.J. Brown's reaction after the game that so many are, are making a big deal of? Um, I haven't seen that from A.J. all season. I mean, we we did see it with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. You almost expect it out of receivers that when they don't get the football um, – they start to get a little bit antsy. I haven't seen that with AJ. Um, 
Do you think people are making too much out of it? The, the Eagles ran for 268 yards. That's what Shane Steichen does. If you're not going to stop it, you know what Shane says, Chris. I can't say it. on. Actually, I can. A lot of F-bombs. I'm going to keep up and doing it. Um, they, they, they ran for 268 yards. They're going to keep doing it. I think it's a, there's something, but I don't think it's that much. I mean, he, it's a big scale. It's, it's the pro playoff game. It's the divisional round. You know, you want, everybody's watching. You're the only game at the time, so you know he's going to want the ball. He's going to want to show everybody, you know, he's the top one of the top two, three wide receivers in this league. And when I look at that, I was like, it's, and I think it, it kind of made me wonder, like when they tried that, uh, they tried they tried to get him the ball deep, but I thought he was a little more hurt than anything. Frustrated because he's hurt because like he got up slowly. When he got off that first tackle, he got slowly. Then they tried that deep route in the end zone out that was, he missed, and he got up slowly again and frustrated. I'm looking at that. And I'm thinking like, all right, I don't know if it's that, but I, I I wouldn't look too much into it. Now, if halfway through the game it's 10-10 and this team is in a dogfight and he's not, it's the same type of production, then I'm starting to get a little worried about it a little bit too. And you go and maybe have Jalen go over there, Nick talk say something to him, but I, I'm not too overly concerned of it as of right now. Wide receivers acting like divas? Shocking. That never happens in the NFL. <laughs> here's, why, here's why I think it's okay. A.J. Brown's a smart guy, and he's got football savvy, and he had to understand that, let's see, the Eagles are up 7-0, 14-0, 21-0. Is the clock an element of the game? Oh, yeah. You want to run the clock. You're up by three freaking touchdowns. Of course that's what James Steichen's going to do. Much like I described the Jags and the Giants, after you get over the pain of the loss, you take a step back and you go, you know, we have a pretty damn good year. Uh, after he gets over the fact that he didn't get the ball thrown to him enough as much as he may have wanted, he's going to take a step back and go, damn, we got the 49ers coming in and they're better against the run than they are against the pass. I guess I better get ready to have a big game on Sunday. A.J. Brown will be fine and he'll probably have a big game against the 49ers this week. All right. Uh, the accomplishment of the entire coaching staff. Credit to Steichen, credit to Gannon. The defense was great. And Nick Sirianni, the guy who runs the whole shoot match. How important a win was this for him? Two years in, having a tremendous run as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. One loss record, everything else. But the playoffs are a different animal. And now he's gotten his first playoff win and it's a blowout win against the Giants. How big is that for Sirianni? Well, I think it was huge the fact that they actually just won a game playoff game because coming off the effort they had last year against the Buccaneers, this team needed to show some type of improvement because if you were one and done, especially with this team and this roster, the way it's currently constructed, it would have been to this bad. team. Oh, there would have been there would have been some <laughs> angst. I would I told Jody last week I would kill this team if they lost to the New York Giants. Now there's levels. Yeah, you know, now we're in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles are facing a very good opponent, but this was a nice, nice matchup for the Eagles, the the New York Giants. I can't even imagine a loss, but if there was a loss, ooh, it would have been, it would have erased everything, wouldn't have it? The entire it, season. It would have just been. Remember that time when it was just been. Remember when like you got and then. He's, I think he's coming in entering the season next year. They lost a game on a hot seat automatically because you basically schemed your way against that that Giants team that we saw. If you lost to that, the way that would have been bad. But I think for them, I think it would have been. I, I also think maybe one of the coordinators would have been. They would have happily let go one of the coordinators if that happened Ooh. as well too. But 
I look at the way it, it, I think that was important just for a, a mindset. It settles them in now. It gets them used. They got used to the playoff experience a little bit more. And I think overall, yeah, that, that was that was huge for them. And, and it, it was just huge. Um, instead of uh, after the game, I thought it was kind of weird that Nick went out of his way to defend Jonathan Gannon. Um, you know, he's talking about other coaches. Other coaches ask him, Jonathan Gannon gets shit in Philadelphia? Uh, and he's like, yeah, all the time. And evidently, he's on his spots, uh, his contractually obligated spot. Should come on Birds 365, Nick, but we'll talk about that in the offseason. <laughs> um, and he had all these statistics uh, thrown out to defend Jonathan Gannon. Why do you think he's doing that? Just well, I mean, the funny thing would be he, he wore that Dream, dream Chasers chain and now he thinks he's part of a crew and he's uh, hip sticking up for one of his boys. But that's about, that would be my thing. But overall, when you look at the way he does it, I think he got tired. And, and that whole thing of they don't listen, they don't listen, they don't listen, I think he's been listening all the time. Coaches swear that, oh, no, we don't listen to what the media is saying. Yeah. And I think he was just waiting for the, yeah, y'all take this and, 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 and stick it somewhere. But, yeah, it's it's – he, he does it. He, he thinks of, he always talks about connecting and everything else. And, and I think that's one of his ways of doing that, that if somebody messes with one of his guys, he's going to, he's going to stick up for them. So he was, I think he's been waiting to do that for a while. And the fact that they had that performance in a playoff game, and especially after what he was hearing after the Saints game, letting them get a drive and everything. I think he's been waiting for a while now just to, <laughs> just to have that coming back there. All right. Uh, again, need some crystal ball stuff for this upcoming game against the Niners, which I think the better option is passing than running. But off the game that they had, you're not just going to chuck the running game. Miles, 17 for 90. Kenneth Gainwell, 12 for a buck, 12, including the late touchdown run, which, by the way, great blocking downfield by the wide receivers. Uh, believe it or not, Quez. And uh, also uh, Nick's favorite former Indianapolis Colt. Uh, both did a great job blocking downfield. Will Kenneth Gainwell be as big a part of the game plan this week as he was this past week against the Giants? I think he will be just because of the fact that they throw the ball more, he's going to be on the field more. And I think if you look at the uh, – there's some options. There's some chances they'll have, especially in the flat area. Like I've done some early watching. It was not just yesterday, but early watching. That flat area could be a big area that Gainwell can attack. And I, and I like his chances, especially he looks he looks a lot more confident now. That's one thing I noticed from him as well. He, he looks a lot more confident. He's, when he gets the ball in his hands, he runs with a lot of purpose. So if they decide to do like, – I'm not saying, like, hey, throw some screens, but, hey, just run some clear-out routes. Run A.J. AJ Brown down the field. Run Zach Pascal down the field and just get him singled up one-on-one in that zone and have the linebacker to go out against him. I think they like that, they'd like that matchup very well. So yeah, I think he can play a big role in that aspect, the run game. Is I think it's I would be shocked if the team ran like twenty five times period, and then he gets like maybe thirty yeah. percent of the carries. I mean that was you know effectiveness wise. I mean probably not. Uh, he's not going to go for one twelve, but he's always a big part of the game plan because he's the third down back and the hurry up back. So um, Kenny's always going to be a, a a big part of it. But I you know the one thing that. The 49ers have the best tandem of linebackers in the NFL. I mean, Fred Warner and and Trey Greenlaw, and even the third one, Al Shire, is a tremendous. Uh, um, 
And then you talk about Nick Bosa and D'Amico Ryan's uh, Eagles fans, very familiar with him. Um, this is the only defense that was technically better than the Eagles defense. Lane Johnson, amazing, amazing performance, torn groin muscle, had 27 uh, pass pro attempts, according to pro football focus, nothing, zip, pitched a shutout against the Giants. But you could see he was struggling a little bit, and this time he's got Nick Bosa, who is the best pass rusher in the NFL, who is going to be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You, you worried a little bit that Lane's not healthy? I think so. I think earlier, earlier on, especially, I got worried when he first got down, like in that first drive, and he was holding that, that yeah. area that he injured. I was like, oh. But then he seemed to find out it got to a thing. I don't know if it's one of the things where you work it so much that it gets numb, and you're like, okay, it settles in, and you're good to go. I think you still leave him out on an island, especially early on in the, in the game, just to test him out. And then if it doesn't, then you start to see him chip a little bit more with those running backs. They, they still may chip him no matter what, just to get into into Bosa's head and try to get him, throw him off a little bit. But I'm not, not so much worried as of yet. I think I think the first ten plays, the first ten pass rushes, going to get tell, be a good tell to see like if he can be able to handle it. If not, the the fact that this team has not had to shift over to worry about their tackles all season now, you have to switch. Do they know how to help their tackles? Player. That's why yeah, they, no. they they never help their <laughs> tackles. Do they know how to help their tackles? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, I'm looking. I'm looking there. I'm like, you know, if that doesn't happen. It, it's gonna be a long day, especially coming coming from that front side. Because we all know quarterbacks when you see when they see the pressure, eh, cool. As much as cool, calm, collected. Jalen's been throughout the three. Every quarterback sees pressure, going to be like, you know what? Yeah, I think I might sit up up a little bit and make force him to run. So it's, that that's one of the good matchups. I'm worried about more about the 49ers trying to bring pressure around Landon Dickerson's side and bring an inside pressure to test him out because he's been pretty banged up and we saw him yeah. leave out early on. So. I don't know if they could try a couple more inside blitzes or those elaborate stunts to try to get some pressure inside that way. Matchups are going to be a key in this game on Sunday. I think we all agree on that. And we'll be breaking them down for the next four days. Let me put this one to you. Who's the better tackling team? <laughs> uh, to me, it's, it's still a 49ers. I still see some times where the Eagles have issues where they meet them in the hole. Even when it comes, it takes three or four times. We saw so many times when Saquon Barkley was running up the middle, you need like two or three, two or three guys, three, four guys to try to slow up the progress. And, and so we all know Saquon Barkley is one of the better running backs in the league and stuff like that forever. Wait till you get to Christian McCaffrey as well, too. And that's what leads to a little worry about that 49ers offense as well, too, because these guys can get in open field. You miss one tackle, next thing you know, you're looking, seeing a bunch of Eagles chasing the guy down the field 60 yards. and it's, So I feel like the 49ers are a better tackling team, in my opinion, but the Eagles better do a lot, use that orange donut a lot this week and try to get some last-minute preparation because it's going to be tough. You know, it is interesting because early in the season, I was talking about if you use PFF, I mean, the Eagles were like at the bottom of the NFL. Started week one in Detroit. They had a terrible tackling performance. Um and they were like bottom half, bottom five for, and then all of a sudden, second half of the season, they tightened up. And I think they ended up 14th. So in the top half of, of the tackling teams, but where, number one. Where are the 49ers? Oh, number one. Yeah. 49ers see. are number one. They are the best tackling team in the NFL. Um, 
Yeah, that's a concern because for two two reasons. One, San Francisco is very sure they're going to tackle people. But two, what San Francisco has on offense, it's all yak guys. It's all, you know, Debo and and Ayuk and Kittle and and McCaffrey and even Mitchell. These are all guys who make a lot of hay after they get the football. To me, that probably decides the winner of this game. I know San Francisco is going to tackle well. If the Eagles tackle well, they have a good chance to win this game. If they don't, they're going to get beat. That, to me, is everything in this game. And they're taking the old the old West Coast, West, uh, West Coast offense approach. And who would have thought? Yeah, that's why, like, when you look at the way they try to put Purdy in a position to move that ball, it's all basically five, in at five to ten yards. Yeah. And all they try over to do the middle. Slant, so that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to make it high, high percentage throws. And yeah. you disrupt that, you stop it. Good luck. They get frustrated. I'm going to make a, an early prop bet for you, Chris. You can run with this. I'm going right. to guarantee a C.J. Gardner-Johnson interception. Ooh. Ooh. You know. Middle of the field, Brock Purdy not afraid to go there. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There ain't a better playmaker you know i could see that i can really see that i could also see slay getting off the schneid too it's going to be one interception this game because they they don't turn the ball out i can see the one there's going, there is going to be one interception this game that purdy throws all right no, know that Man. jonathan gannon is going to do his best to not tip his hand and i actually think gannon's pretty good at this at uh feigning uh, different type things. Unfortunately, he did that on third and 30 against the Cowboys, too. That's the one time it didn't work at all. Uh, but <laughs> who's going to end up covering George Kittle most? Who on the And I know it's going to be a lot of zone, but then you have to figure yeah. out the zone responsibility when the ball leaves Purdy's hand and it's going toward Kittle. Who's going to be in coverage on Kittle the most this week? I'm going to go off the board and say Avante Maddox. And that's without okay. that's without any, that's without any injury, injury any speculation. I think he's just going to be yeah. back, and we kill on the slot in that one too. So that's why it's going to be important for him to get position on him because he's giving up the size for sure. But he makes up for that by making sure he's in the right position to go make make a break pass with PBU. So I'm going to I'm going to go say it's him, and then he's going to have uh, CJ Gardner Johnson up top to to uh, support yeah. him. I think it's going to be a bracket situation. Um... But what I don't want Can to see. Can you afford to bracket the tight end when the other team has McCaffrey, Debo yeah, well, Samuel? Well, that's the problem. And... Yeah, that's the problem, Jody. This is a difficult. This is sort of like what the Eagles fans don't realize what opponents have to deal with, with Brown and Smith. And this is the same thing. The Eagles got to deal with this. And if you try to take away one, the other's going to bite you. But um, what I don't want to see is Kaiser White carrying George Kittle 30 yards down the field. If I see that sort of Derek Brooks, Tampa two style, that's not going to work out well for the Eagles. I think he might be when they go that dime. I think they may try to use McCaffrey a little bit more in that one, try to speed him up. Or if they go keep saying nickel and try to get the ball to him that way and receive him, maybe try to get TJ Edwards to try to try to get them to get the matchup against TJ Edwards and try to attack the edges that way too. These running backs, there could be some, a lot of checkdowns. These running backs will play a big role in the passing game where both sides is, is yeah. coming up. Yeah. I, I, well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, 
what the Eagles got to do is affect the quarterback. I'm I'm going to disrespect Brock Purdy again. Yeah, I mean, you can't deal with Kittle and Samuel and McCaffrey and Ayuk. You got to get the quarterback. Yeah, you got to get the quarterback. You got to speed they up. They got the, the guys to do it. Yeah. They led the league in sacks. Um, probably not over Trent Williams' side because. Yeah. Arguably the best left tackle in all of football. Sorry to say, a lot of you haven't gotten there yet. Haven't caught Mr. Williams yet. You may someday, but you haven't yet. Um, who's going to be the guy who's going to get the other side? Because they move guys around on the defensive line. But if you had to uh, look specifically at the matchup, Eagles blitz, uh, Eagles pass rusher against the vulnerable side of the uh, 49ers offensive line, who's going to be the guy who's going to get uh Brock Purdy off his mark and get a sack or two. Right or McKishney. That's the one I'm thinking. Like if you get if it's almost like you're playing chess, you have to sacrifice, and it's not a slight at all any means of Josh Wegg, because I think he's the one play right and he'll get his rushes against there. I'd rather have Josh Wegg going against Williams, and then you have that matchup with Reddick going against McGlitchney around the edge and affecting his blind side, because I think you can get a strip sack potentially out of that as well, too. Or you force him to move up, move around, affect them that way. I think that's because if you just put Reddick on Williams, best on best. All right, that's cool. I think Sweat can still, if you put Sweat to the left side, he might go to the right, but you put Sweat on the left side, he can still, I think he can beat McClitchie, but I think Reddick can be a, more effective off of that side instead of a, yeah, of I'm, 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 yeah I'm with you, Chris, because, you know, nothing against Josh Sweat, as you said, but you're basically a sacrificial lamb going against Trent Williams. Uh, and that's anybody in this league. Yep. Um, or and, and, I can see this. I'm oh, sorry. And 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 Hassan Reddick has the ability to, I think you know, speed rush. That's what McGlinchey has a problem with. It just makes sense. Uh, one of the best speed rushers, and I, I, you know, Davis Webb was yeah. Davis Webb was the one who said it. Um, he 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 in that week eighteen game, um, he said Bletcher and and Brandon were talking a lot of you know what about trying to get the sack record, and he said Reddick didn't say anything. He was the scariest one. He was just yeah. chasing him down, and and he said he was the scariest one. Hassan Reddick is the scariest Eagle pass rusher. So let him go. Let him go against Mike McGlinchey. Or if you want to do as well, too, we saw this game plan before he got hurt. He blitz off the side in the slot. You get that cornerback. You try to force Williams to go out that way. And then that way you free basically a five on five. You get sweat to go against possibly a guard or, or running back, what have you, just to wave that way. You probably get, that's the way you get pressure on the left side as well, too. So maybe we see Jonathan Gannon dial that one up, too. All right, last thing for you two tough guys who go down and attend the game every single week and fight traffic to get there and then get fed by the Philadelphia Eagles and sit in a nice comfort-enclosed press box. It's a tight tight press box, by the way. At 71 degrees. Oh, by the way, it could be 50 at kickoff on Sunday. As of now, now there's six days out on a seven-day forecast, but – uh, no precipitation in in the fifties. Are the Eagles? Is Mother Nature doing the Eagles a disservice this week by not bringing some winter weather against a Northern California uh, that haven't played a uh, weather game all year long? San Francisco 49er team coming in. Is Mother Nature going? Yeah, I'll give you a beautiful day. Eagles deal with it. 
It's been used to it. The way I, I'd be more worried if it's the other way around with everything that's going out in California lately, with all the wind and all that rain and everything that the 49ers had to deal with. And now you see what's going on here. I think it'd be the other way around, quite honestly. But I, I look at that. I think it's they'll still be fine no matter what. I think it actually benefits the Eagles a little bit more because I think if it gets inclement in that way too, you have to run the ball. And then we talked about what the way these 49ers have done with the run defense. So in fact, it's a beautiful okay, so, day. So be Mother Nature is doing Eagles a solid. I like your yeah, uh, way I, of it. I, I, <laughs> I think the Eagles would rather have a nice day, too. The Eagles are explosive, too, so I think they like it. And, you know, you go back to last year, San Francisco beat Green Bay in a weather game. You go back to yesterday, Cincinnati, as you mentioned, beat Buffalo in the snow game. Now, Cincinnati's not Shangri-La, as you pointed out, but Nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, I don't like weather games because it affects both teams. And when you're explosive, you want to be able to do what you do on offense. And the Eagles are pretty stinking explosive. Uh, so I like it. I like nice weather for the Eagles. And that looks like what you're going to get on Sunday. Chris Franklin, thank you very much for doing your usual Monday thing with us. We will shortly have you back next Monday. Win, lose, and no draw, no tie. Just win that coin flip so you can defer Nick Sirianni if it gets to overtime. Uh, Hopefully that's the case because it'll be a great uh, show next Monday. It's always good when we got UCF. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all. Have a good one now. That is Chris Chris Franklin. He's such a NJ.com, by the way. Make sure you read uh, Chris. uh, At C. Franklin News on Twitter. Is Franklin too happy? Uh, he's always happy. He's happy That's what I mean. Hey, the the guy sad. is never in a bad mood. He yeah. never gets ticked off about anything. Yeah, he's, he's always a good, got a smile on his face. What man, the hell is that all about? He's a good dude. He's a good dude, man. He's a very he's good just, dude. And yeah. he's good with us when he comes on. Uh, John McMullen, Jody McDonald coming back. We need to put a bow on the show. Stay right here. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you.
Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Here on March 365, we got to uh, put a uh, quick end to today's show. Oh, we'll be back tomorrow. And Rob Mighty from the Associated Press, our bud, hasn't been on in at least a month. Uh, a couple scheduling issues and the like. So I'm very much looking talk forward to talking to Rob tomorrow. Uh, and John's going to lobby to get one of those AP all pro votes uh, from Mr. Mighty. Yeah, Rob man. I've already lobbied. I've already lobbied, Rob. Got to lobby face not working, face. It's not working out. Get this, Rob, when we get him up yeah. here tomorrow. All right. Uh, so what's the schedule look like? Back to regular week, right? No short week. Uh, yeah, back to regular week. Sunday, Sunday game. So it'll be happy Tuesday tomorrow. Nick Sirianni via Zoom today. Happy Tuesday. Then walk through Wednesday. Big practice on Thursday. Um, yeah. And then a uh, little Nick Sirianni. Uh, uh, behind the scenes on Friday uh, for me. So, uh, yeah, NFC Championship game week. Let's get it going. There's going to be a lot of extra people down at the Novacare complex. That's true. Uh, the, the national media will be coming in in droves. Uh, so uh, good luck dealing with that, John. And the biggest story is just from a, a reporting standpoint, Devontae Maddox, right? Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah. days away and there's been uh, no tipping of the hand. It's the only thing left. I asked you this last night when you came to my CBS show. What is Nick going to do to try and grab that competitive advantage? There isn't that much left to do. No, he lives for that. I guess it's Avante Maddox. They're going to try and keep that under wraps. Yeah, I imagine they'll try to. Now, the problem is you can't keep it completely under wraps because he's on the roster. They didn't put him on injured reserve. They never put him on IR, so. If he practices, you have to put him on the practice report. Uh, if he doesn't practice, you have to put did not practice. So right. there's only so much he can do uh, because he doesn't have that uh, injured reserve status. They could have started his window, played the competitive advantage like that, and you'd say, oh, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? There's only so much they can do, but he he's important if they can get him on the field, especially for this game, because yep. of uh, all the issues the 49ers create in the middle of the field. 
Yeah, they threw it. Uh, Purdy was not afraid to throw over the middle of the field against the Cowboys, and I don't think he will against the Eagles either. Having Avante Maddox would be a big boost for the Eagles. Uh, but we got days to figure that out before we get to the championship game. We appreciate everybody streaming, and I think we did some large numbers today, over 700. Uh, might have even we, it, we cracked 800. Live. Did we get to 800? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Appreciate all you guys streaming in. Be back here tomorrow. Just... 22 hours until Mac and Mac returns. Coming up next, Rick Saratella. Enjoy. We'll talk to you in the AM. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.